How you guys doing this morning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what to say to that. Uh, we've gotten a little rain. That's a good thing, right? Uh, it's been cooled things down just a little bit for us this August. And it's August 1st. Yes, <laughs> I can say that it's officially August because today is the first. Where did your summer go is what you're wondering, right? I want to welcome all of you that are joining us here in person. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us online this morning as well. We are in our summer playlist series, which I'm going to get to in just a second. But I wanted to make sure that I still address um, uh, our baptism bash. It's going to be taking place next Sunday, August 8th. Uh, some of you are hearing about this for the first time. So if you are, just know that we have been planning a, a party that we want to throw here next Sunday. And we're going to be here. It's a unique uh, thing because we're only going to have one service next week. That's going to be a 10 a.m. service. And we're just going to gather here after service. Uh, we're going to have a hot tub outside on the west end. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do some baptisms. So uh, for those of you that are looking to celebrate new life, you have made a decision in your heart. <laughs> Uh, to follow Jesus Christ, and you want to follow through with just uh, a next step and a, a thing that sort of proclaims everything that God's been doing in your life, in your heart, then we're going to be celebrating that with baptism. And so I invite you all out uh, to come. We're going to have food, uh, lawn games. Uh, so whether you're being baptized or not, we can just celebrate some of our church family uh, getting to make those new decisions. And, and many of you might even be thinking, I know Pastor John talks about this all the time, really good way to frame it as well. Many of us, we were baptized when we were uh, young. Our parents did that for us, or we ourselves um, uh, made that decision at a young age. But we, we did it a little bit more under the guise of being for our family. Maybe we grew up in the church. That was just something we were supposed to do as the next step. It never really was a, a heartfelt decision. Our parents did it for all the right reasons. Uh, when we were really, maybe even babies kind of deal, they wanted us uh, to be protected and covered. And so they, they, they did that on behalf of us, but it was never our choice to make. And so, again, I'm just going to encourage you guys to go back this week and just, yeah, have a conversation with God. Pray about it. See if this is maybe the next step um, in your journey, in your story with God that you're supposed to take. Reach out to us. We'll uh, definitely get you scheduled for that day. But even next week, we'll just be doing a lot of those impromptu and, and whoever's feeling called on the morning, okay? So come join us next Sunday, August 8th, for the Baptism Bash. Uh, if you're new with us today, you're here in Summer Playlist and you're like, okay, what, what's this series about? <laughs> I have a playlist uh, that I generally listen to or I'm, you know, always uh, uh, on the radio on my way to work. I hear some of these songs that we're talking about. But why are we talking about these songs in church? What's going on with that? And see, Jesus used to teach in parables. There are stories where basically he was able to take a, a group of followers, a group of people that was listening to Jesus, and then teach on a specific point, but he would tell a story as he was, as he was teaching. He would bring uh, to mind things that were just ordinary for those that would be surrounding Jesus, the ordinary of the everyday life they were living, and he would draw upon certain subjects that they would know, they would be keen to know what Jesus was talking about, and he was always trying to point within those stories towards a biblical truth, towards a, a truth for their lives that he wanted. And I would make the argument that in much the way we listen to songs and even the lyrics, if we're actually really taking time to dive into those lyrics, they are also telling a story. 
It's why we chose to do this kind of series is because the story that's being played out through maybe an artist and what they're looking to communicate. Now, of course we know, of course we know there's all kinds of music out there and some of the music that's put out there is just complete garbage, like country music, for instance, right? Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid, the country music lovers this morning. I meant to say classical music. Uh, but the thing is... All right, all right. <laughs> whatever music you listen to, whatever genre you like, the reality is that it is telling a story. And I'm, I'm a big lyric guy. Uh, I know we were just talking about this this last week. Tempe, John, and I were having this conversation. And sometimes they're just listening to tunes for the beats. It's not about the lyrics. And I just like that beat. I like <laughs> driving to that beat. I like riding my bike or, or getting on a run to that beat. And I'm a big lyric guy. I like spend time with some of these lyrics and just digging into them. And so I think music speaks to, in many ways, the story of our lives. And so with all of that said, if you did miss the first couple weeks, I just want to encourage you to go back. I, I trust that God um, is going to use those weeks to bless you in one way or another. Today... Today we're going to be teaching out of the song that we just heard, and it's the Chainsmokers and Coldplay tag team in a song called Something Just Like This. And many of you have heard this song. It's a popular song that either we've all heard, maybe even in a commercial. Uh, I've, I've definitely even heard this song uh, in the backdrop of a football game or a basketball game, some kind of motivational uh, thing that I've been watching. And so today's message, I believe, based on the lyrics of this song, is going to be for somebody in the room that feels like they're not enough right now. And I trust that some of us are here today and in just the stage of life we're in, coming out of the, uh, a crazy summer, getting ready for maybe a new uh, step into the crazy work schedule and, and just school schedules. There's someone in here today that just doesn't feel like they're enough feel like they're not quite making it up to par. Whether that means you don't feel like you're quite measuring up at home, Maybe at work. Maybe you're not enough as a parent right now. Maybe you're not enough as a coach right now or a teacher or a coworker. And so this morning is for those that feel like they're just not really measuring up. And John addressed this a bit last week. I think we address it probably on some form or another every single week here at Northern Hills. And that's how we face a common enemy. It's been interesting because during this season of life, COVID, the uh, harsh political season just coming out of that, I think we were making enemies of a lot of other things, but we face one common enemy, and that enemy, Satan. That's what John spoke to last week. The Bible describes Satan as our spiritual enemy, our spiritual enemy that goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone, anyone to take out. Scripture is really clear that the father of lies, he comes uh, to steal, to kill, and destroy. So this common enemy that we're all facing, I think would want nothing more than to get us in our own heads and into isolation of believing that you're not enough, that you don't have what it takes, that you don't have the understanding for your circumstances or your situation to be able to see breakthrough. And see, we've all created in some form or another a standard that we need to live up to. I think we've created that, though. And here's the problem. I think we've created that under the guise and the lens of current culture. 
There's a current culture way that we believe that that's the standard I need to live up to. Or maybe it's through social media, or maybe it's through uh, looking vicariously through someone else's life and the life that they're living, and that's the standard that needs to be met. That's where our standard gets built out of. And so we hear through that, guys, we hear the lies over and over and over again. You're not enough. You haven't quite made it up to fill in the blank, whatever that is for your situation. And we don't measure up to that mark. We've made up that standard for ourselves. And it's this idea of perfection or a standard, I think that would be difficult for really anyone in this room to obtain in of themselves and of their own gifting. Here's what I'm trying to say. If we're honest, each of us are at a place a little bit where we're just not feeling quite enough. Man, I'm, I'm not quite enough. And I believe today, today through the power of God's word and what he communicates to us in who we are, that you are exactly where you need to be. You're exactly where God needs you to be. Now, to start off with, I want to read some of these lyrics to you. And trust me, I am going to read them. I'm not going to sing them because we've tried that a couple weeks and there's uh, just so much talent that I have for singing. In fact, it's really not a talent whatsoever. And so we're going to go ahead and start with the song. And here's how it starts. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fists. And clearly, I don't see myself upon that list. She said, where'd you want to go? Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't help it. How much you want to risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts. Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss. Just something I could turn to. Somebody I could kiss. I want something just like this. Do 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 do. Do those lyrics resonate with you? They may not. Again, we all sort of like our own kinds of genres of music. They resonate with me in a really deep way. Why? I think, I think as I look at the lyrics, again, being a lyrics guy, as I look at those lyrics, I think of like these, these great legends, these great heroes from the past, right? Whether it's Achilles or, or Hercules. Right now we're watching the Olympics, right? We get to see some amazing athletes do things that are just beyond our scope right now and just thinking of these, these modern-day heroes. But even the superheroes, that we all grew up with, like Spider-Man and Batman. And there's something, there's something about their lives that I think we all want. We want what they've been able to attain. We want some kind of superpower. We want some of the influence or some of the ways they've been able to help people and come alongside people. And so I think those lyrics speak to us, I think, as we dig into them, because we want somebody to believe in us just like we believed in those heroes. He-Man and G.I. Joe were a big one for me in my day. And it's interesting right now because I've been checking out, like Netflix is doing a sort of a, a He-Man <laughs> a, a reprisal, if you will, and, and they're just basically doing this new cartoon. I haven't checked it out at all, but He-Man was, I remember loving He-Man and all the characters that went along with that. There's a new movie out called Snake Eyes, which is one of the ninja warriors of G.I. Joe. That was what I grew up with. I wanted to be Snake Eyes. He was a great... Great G.I. Joe. 
I think we all have our heroes. The reason so many of us want something like that is quite simply that we don't believe in ourselves. We want something like that and have aspirations to be the hero in the modern day hero because we don't trust that in our own lives that we could accomplish those great feats or be something that's beyond what we think is our scope. And especially if you're in this room this morning, (laughs) you're online and you're like, I'm just not enough. I don't feel like I am enough. I want you to write this down just for a first note this morning. We don't believe in ourselves because we don't realize how much God believes in us. I think that's where it first starts, is that we don't believe in ourselves because we don't realize how much our God believes in us. Now, throughout God's word, we'll read the various scriptures that speak to us, that speak to who we are. But a lot of times it doesn't resonate with us. Clearly, I don't see myself upon that list, God. Paul, sure. Peter, sure. Pastor Blank, sure. But not myself. I don't see myself upon that list. And so even though we can read about how much God thinks of us and how much he loves us, we don't relate to those verses because we don't think about that when we think about ourselves. I just want to pause and take in some of God's words just through a couple verses that some of us will be familiar with. Psalm 139, the psalmist writes, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. In the book of Ephesians Chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. And many translations actually say that we are God's masterpiece. How does that sit with you? Does that bring tension to you? Do you see yourself that way? I don't know about you. It's sort of amazing to just stop And it realized that at some point, God was like, you know what? I'm going to create Brandon. And when I think of creating Brandon, when I think of creating Thomas, when I think of creating Elodie, when I think of creating this individual, I have in my mind the gifts that I'm going to put into them. What am I going to do with Chris and Doug and John and Jeremy? What, what, am I, what gifts am I going to put into Jackie or Della or Deb? What are the things that I think they need in order to accomplish my good work? See, God knit you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And your innermost being, your gifts, your talents, the way God's uh, wired you for sound, what he's made you passionate about, he's put those into you. You are truly, fearfully, and wonderfully made. And many times we have a real hard time hearing those verses. I would suspect that many of us here are arguing right now, even with me. In your head, you're like, yeah, hold on. You don't know me, Brandon. (laughs) Put together for God's handiwork? I wouldn't even know where to begin. A masterpiece? Mm, A little less than that. And listen... Here's the deal. You wouldn't be arguing with me. You'd be arguing with God. Because those aren't my words. Those are his. 
Many times the reason we can't hear the things or see them for what they are is because we see the things that we are not. And here's the reality is that God just sees all the things that you are because of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus Christ came to do on behalf of each one in this room. And so maybe, and most importantly, I think we can also lean towards the things that God sees in what we can be in Jesus, what we can be through Jesus. Let's look at some more lyrics here. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, the testaments they told and the moon and its eclipse, and Spider-Man unrolls, excuse me, Superman unrolls a suit before he lifts, but I'm not the kind of person that it fits. The reason that this may speak maybe to you like it has to me on this deep level is I think this, this song can resonate in the sense that we want somebody to point to us and say, I want something just like this. I want something just like this. That's our heart's desire is that we want to count. But much like the outfit that Superman wears, our costumes or our masks or the outfits we don are the thing that we're portraying to the world. Even when we come in here on a Sunday morning, how's your week been? How are things going? Oh, great, brother. And internally, we're just dying. We're really, really struggling, right? We wear some masks, we wear some outfits, and we want people what we desperately want. The reason why this kind of thing can resonate with us is because we want people to want something just like this, and that's the person that we're waking up to every morning looking in the mirror. That's what we want them to want. The person that has the dreams and the, the goals that we have. And if we were to just share all of those out loud, we want somebody to want someone like that. The person that goes to bed, lays their pillow on the head every day. We want somebody to want something just like that. And that's why the song resonates. I don't think there's a person in here that doesn't want their life to count that wants it to mean something. We want to matter, and then we want to matter to the people that matter to us. And so the enemy comes in in those moments. And that common enemy that we face is, well, no one wants someone like you. No one would want something doing the things you've done. No one would want doing the things that actually do run through your head that are evil in scope. And so that's where we attempt. I'm, I'm wearing the mask. I'm wearing the cape. I'm wearing the outfit. And it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work for us. One of the biggest problems we face when we put our masks on is that I believe inevitably the, the mask, it, it keeps us from the blessing that God wants to give us. Have you ever painted a room? Yeah, done a home project where you're painting the room, and first what you have to do, remember, you have to tape around the edges of anything that you don't want the paint to get on. And so inevitably you're taping the light switch or you're taping the ceiling and you're, you're getting all the floorboards taken care of. And the paint only goes where the tape is not, right? So the paint goes where that tape and that tape's on, on, on your baseboard. It's on your floorboard and you're painting. I think that's why it's hard when you think about that just visually. I think that's why it's hard for God's blessing to reach what is taped over. 
Here's, here's what I mean by that. God consistently, again, if we look at his word, we know he's showering us with the truth that he believes in us just for who we are. That he wants to shower us with grace. He wants to cover us in favor. He wants to coach us up in love. He wants to give us his best and his blessings. He doesn't just want your cup to be full. He wants your cup to overflow. That's what he wants for your life. He wants to anoint each one of our heads with oil because he's been dreaming about each one of us from the foundation of time. And your uniqueness and what you have to offer to this world since the foundation of the earth. But he can't get to where you think you should be. And what I mean by that is he desires to only use who you really are. But our tape, because of who we think we need to be or the standards that we've created in our own mind, that's the thing where he just can't get to, right? Well, he's God. But he wants to get to who he created you to be. Mask in the cave, it just doesn't fit. And it holds us back from the blessing. So what's the cure? What's the cure for the not enough blues? The not enough feelings that I'm, I'm just navigating right now in my life, Brandon. This idea that I'm not enough. This, this idea that I don't have what it takes. I think the cure is understanding our true identity. At the end of the day, it's understanding our true identity. The cure for not enough is simply that, understanding our true identity. I want us to look at the life of Gideon this morning. And believe me, we'd be here for a while if we were to look all through the life of Gideon. Um, I'm encouraging you to go back and read Gideon chapter, or excuse me, Gideon, Judges chapter six and chapter seven to read about the life of Gideon um, we're sort of doing a little bit of spacing around with some cliff notes here. But Gideon was an Old Testament judge whose journey led him from miserable insecurity. And it led him to a place of getting to a place where he was vulnerable. And then that vulnerability led to a life of power. See, Gideon didn't think he was enough. He was haunted by this low opinion of himself and what his accomplishments could be. And he was uncomfortable with who he was and who God called him to be. So this story about Gideon comes to us in the book of Judges at a time when a people that were called the Midianites overthrew the Israelites, the chosen people of God. And so these chosen people became super stressed, as you can imagine, and they did something they hadn't done ever in Scripture up to this point because these were days of prosperity for the Israelites. They cried out to God. They cried out to God for a Savior, for someone to come in response to the impression that the Midianites had on them. And God raises up what the Bible calls a judge. The judge, in this case, was Gideon, who would have been about 90 pounds soaking wet. And he's the deliverer. For God and God's chosen people. What was Gideon doing when he got called? Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Now, I don't know how much you know about threshing wheat, um, <laughs> uh, but he's threshing wheat in a wine press. And I'll describe that here. I, I didn't uh, grow up on a farm. Maybe some of you live on a farm, so you understand this. I had to do my homework on this a little bit. But threshing wheat is an activity where you take a pitchfork. You stick it into the wheat, and, and you scoop it up. 
to harvest it, you're throwing this up into the air. And essentially, this would be maybe done on a hill or outdoor activity because you'd want the wind to go through this cluster that you've been, and it would go through the wheat to separate the chaff from the wheat. The chaff's the, the, the garbage, the worthless stuff. That would be discarded and then go and flow away in the wind. The wind would carry that chaff. That would be discarded. The kernel of wheat, which is heavier, would fall to the ground, and that would allow people to collect that and then be able to eat. That's what threshing wheat is. But the problem is Gideon is doing this in a wine press. It's away from the wind. It's enclosed. It's isolated in many ways. Do you see any problems with that? Why didn't he go out on the hill where he would normally be able to tackle that activity outdoors? And the text is clear. Judges 6, 2. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Let's read verse 11 again. Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press, underline that, to keep it from the Midianites. The reason why Gideon was hidden and away from the Midianites is because he was afraid. Because fear has the ability to drive you from what your true identity is. This was God's chosen people. If you don't believe me, let's just go back to Genesis. We can look at Adam and Eve and how the minute they did what God had asked them not to do, don't take from that tree. They were just like you and I. <laughs> they wanted to be God in a moment. And so they take from that. And then they realize, <gasps> we're naked. <laughs> we need to hide. We need to cover up. Fear will always drive you towards what your identity isn't. The enemy wants to, to live off of that fear and destroy any given identity that God has for you. Am I enough? Do I have what it takes? The Israelites, God's chosen people, they're asking this question, am I fearfully and wonderfully made? This is what Gideon's asking. Am I created for the good works that God has for me? And the only cure, the only cure for Gideon the only cure for us would be understanding true identity. Judges 6, 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. See, what many would chalk up to a, an act of cowardice or a, a, a scared moment or, or living by fear, the angel of the Lord, and many theologians argue that that's Bible code word for Jesus, the angel of the Lord greets Gideon as mighty warrior. And that would have been the opposite of where Gideon would have been living, how he looked at himself or how he felt about himself. So the man who doubted himself and tried to wear the mask would try to be isolated from the ones that could hurt him the most, was this mighty man of valor. That's what God called him. That was his true identity. And if he could just trust in that, he would accomplish great things for God. Now, Gideon's just like us. If you read chapter 6 and 7, I'm telling you, go back, because he's in process. And the minute he hears this identifying statement, mighty warrior, his insecurities, they begin to pop up hardcore. And so he goes in this tug of war. Okay, God, what do you have next for me? I don't know if I can. And, and eventually he accepts his identity and he raises up an army. But get this. 
God refuses to let Gideon fight the Midianites with the 32,000 soldiers that he originally was all about marshalling and collecting. He's insisting instead that he fight, Gideon fight the Midianites with a meager 300 soldiers to fight this army of 100,000 plus. Why did he do that? Why did he continue to break Gideon's army down? And I believe it's because God knew that what Gideon had amassed, what he was building, was going to be another mask. It was going to be another cape that Gideon could then look, hide behind or look behind. But here's the deal. God knew better. He would dismantle everything. He would dismantle everything for Gideon that he, could, he would attempt to hide behind. And he did that because he wanted to, him to know his true identity. And his true identity would be in the one that could defeat an army with 300 soldiers. And that wasn't Gideon. That was God. That's where God wanted Gideon's identity to come from. And Gideon was victorious. It would be unmistakable who he had put his faith, his trust, and his identity in. See, the cure for am I enough is understanding who you are in Jesus Christ. And another way to say that is when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what you're not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the standard you're putting, again, with culture, on media, or any number of things. When you know who you are, it will, it's not going to matter what you think you're not. You're loved by God, and that's why he made you. And that's why he sent his one and only son to shed his blood for you. It's why he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. That's why he's saved you. Because of how much he sees in you. And he gave you a calling. He gave you a purpose. You are loved by God. I want to reframe the lyrics this morning. I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to listen to these lyrics. Listen to these lyrics as if God were speaking to your identity, as if he were asking you to take this leap of faith and trust in him to speak to everything you are, the, this place of you're not enough, and you have it. You have whatever it is right now that you're just feeling you are not measuring up. And listen to these lyrics for a moment. God, would you just wash this over us? He said... He said, where you want to go, how much you want to risk. I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts. I want something just like this. Look up for a minute. I want something just like this. I want something just like this. Like this. God's heart for each one here. God didn't get stuck with you. Write that down. God didn't get stuck with you. He chose you. You're not some white elephant gift. You're not something that just he was at the flea market and it's like, oh, that might be a good item. He chose you. He chose you and who you are. And God picked you knowing all your faults. He knows all the skeletons in your closet. He's never been disgusted 
or surprised or shocked by anything you've done, wherever you find yourself, whenever you find yourself, we're, we're Gideon, we're in process, where we're saying, wherever we find ourselves, where we're saying, I don't or I can't or I'm not. I want us to trust in God's word, the truth behind God's word that says, no, you are. And then we say, I am, I do. You may not be where you want to be, but because of Christ, God has you exactly where you're supposed to be. And for those of you that are online, those of you that are in person here today, that have never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ in relationship, today's the day. Because he sees you for all you are, not what you think you're not. He sent his son to die for you on the cross proved he was God by not only defeating death, by resurrecting from the grave, but by ascending into heaven and now giving us this, this snippet that all of us have, a little window, maybe we get a hundred years at best here on earth, maybe more, maybe less, but he wants to use those years for his purposes, for his calling on your life. And then the greatest news is that we're not just built for this world, we're built for eternity. That's the good news, that's the story of God. So if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to pray with me as I pray aloud. Just pray this in your heart, God, thank you for loving me as you find me. Thank you for loving me for who I am and maybe all the things that I feel like I'm not. You love me in all of that. God, I wanna start a relationship with you today. I trust in Jesus Christ as the only one that can come and transform my heart and my life. I'm giving it all up for Jesus. And God, just forgive me. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong, the things that I'm sure I'm gonna to continue to do wrong. But God, just have favor on me show purpose, this purpose that you have for my life, I will look to you and only you for meaning, purpose, and for you to tell me who I am. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, there is a party going on in heaven. And we want to celebrate that with you. We want to celebrate that with you today. We want to celebrate with that with you moving forward. Again, maybe the next step for you is even baptism. If you made that decision online or here in person, praise God for what he's doing in this place to transform and make new life. I just want to pray for us as we close this morning. God, yeah, just help us, help us uh, for all of us sitting here today that don't know if we're enough or that sometimes at least struggle in believing we are. Lord, I know there's tension in some of those verses. I fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord, but those are your words to us. So at the end of the day, if I'm arguing those things, I'm arguing with the God who created me. Help my heart and, and life just reflect true identity made up through Jesus and in God, who's always made a way and will always make a way. God, thank you for being the God that doesn't fail any of us in this room. Thank you for being the God that doesn't say you have to do more, you have to try harder, that says it's already done. 
because of Jesus. And God, that's what we celebrate this morning, that you love us as you find us. We pray these things in your great name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.